0: Hey everybody, welcome to the PVA Podcast. I am so excited to introduce my next guest, one of the co-hosts of Talking Elite Fitness, Tommy Marquez. Tommy, can you go ahead and introduce yourself real quick? Hey
1: everyone, it's Tommy Marquez, and uh, happy to be here, man.
0: Well, uh, first of all, what are your thoughts on the open format so far? We're, we just, everybody just finished up 21 point, uh, all the certifications essentially yesterday or today yeah i believe uh so what was your
1: thoughts on it you made you made it to the quarterfinals right i did i did i was i was fortunate enough to make it in the top 10 percent for north america make it to the quarterfinals also make it in the top 10 percent for my age bracket now that i'm a master's athlete so <laughs> i get to do the age group online qualifier which is fun that was that was my only goals for the season is i hoped hope to kind of hit those two things and then just have fun at the next stage and not really worry about placement but um, overall, as far as the format's concerned, I think the three-week Open is here, here to stay. And I think, you know, selfishly, I love I loved the five weeks of the Open. It was one of my favorite times of the year. For five weeks, you get to, you know, it was like this cool community event with your affiliate. You get to trash talk with your buddies. You get to, there's like this kind of back and forth that goes on, you know, amongst friends and, and people in the gym. And there's this buzz but I do think it was a lot on the affiliates as far as just total, total ask in terms of scheduling and um, setting aside programming and timeframes for people to be able to do the open. And so I think three weeks is a little bit more manageable of a chunk. Um, And on top of that, considering that there's an extra competition stage added in, I think that having a five week open would just further expand the, I guess the total burden of the season for the athletes too. Mm. And um, I think, you can accomplish in three weeks and this year four tests what the desired goal is. And that's trimming the top 10% without much worry about whether or not you're like missing out on potentially finding the fittest. Yeah. And so I think logistically it makes a lot of sense too, just from the programming and um, what the filter should look like for 10% to be able to stick with three weeks and then, you know, reload fairly quickly for the quarterfinals.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's, I think it's a good way to like get people excited about um like being in their affiliates, but like you said, it is a huge like undertaking for a lot of the affiliate owners. I mean, in this way, you're still getting it and you're still getting the next stage of it as well, which is just mm-hmm. going to be the quarterfinals, semifinals and games from there on out.
1: Yeah. And, and the the ask from the affiliates to get their members to sign up is a lot more manageable too. Mm-hmm. When, if you think about uh, putting yourself in the shoes of an affiliate owner and be like, hey, sign up for the Open. We're going to do this big thing. And they're like, oh, how many weeks? And it's like five weeks. For the average person, oh my gosh, like within that five week span, I might want to go out of town for something or I might have a family thing pop up and do I have to really commit to five weeks versus, oh, it's three weeks, it's less than a month, just one, two, three, right in a row, we'll have a good time. And it's like, oh, okay, I can get geared up for that. It's a little bit easier, a little bit more manageable from like your everyday kind of gym goer kind of perspective.
0: Well, taking a couple steps back, I actually want to talk to you about how you started in the CrossFit space, not even necessarily working for CrossFit, we'll get yeah. to that, uh, but how you got into it. You went, because you, you were essentially based and went to school in the hometown of where CrossFit was born. Is that right?
1: For the most part, yeah. So, uh, so you know, CrossFit was founded in Santa Cruz, uh, California, which is in the central coast of California, and it's about a 35-ish minute drive from my hometown. Um, I grew up in Salinas. Um, spent a lot of time running around in Monterey and Santa mm-hmm. Cruz, but in that kind of central coast area that Santa Cruz is a part of. And I went. I went to. Was fortunate enough to go to college and went to school in San Jose, um, just over the hill from Santa Cruz as well. And then when I got done with school, I was I was an, an athlete as well. So when I got done playing sports and was done with my collegiate career and everything I was looking for an outlet to kind of stay physical and stay in shape and at the time I was working in mental health services which was my uh, my degree field and I just needed a physical outlet to kind of be my own version of uh, of therapy to kind of help deal with uh, the stuff that I was dealing with on a day-to-day basis in terms of my profession so
0: some heavy stuff too
1: really heavy stuff so I was working in my hometown I was working with low socioeconomic status families Um, primarily Hispanic. So and, you know, in some of the same neighborhoods and circles and things like that, that I've that I've spent my entire life around. And that was my goal. And I was primarily working with school aged children and their families. So um, relative, uh, they were also part of the foster adoption care agency that my mental health services clinic was attached to. Mm -hmm. So not only was I working with kids that like, you know, I, I see a little bit of myself in, but also, they've had a very tough deal uh, of the deck with, you know, like I said, lower lower SES, and then having a situation where either their family they had to be adopted, and their parents had to um, give up custody of them, or they're in a relative caregiver situation to where their families are taking care of it because one or both of the parents just c- couldn't take it or wasn't fit for it. And so, you're dealing with really tough life walks of life. And, um, I wanted to tackle that. I wanted, it was something that I wanted to focus on and at least in terms of my profession at that time and, and helping out people that were directly impacted in my community and where I was raised. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we're all human. And, um, I had my own struggles dealing with some of these heartbreaking stories. And so if I turned to fitness as my physical outlet and a way of kind of, taking care of my own mental health. Um, on top of obviously the services they provided all of us workers there as well as part of the job. So, um, at the time it was just training, you know, I would go to the gym in the morning or in the afternoon, play basketball. Um, I played football in high school, but chose basketball over, uh, chose basketball, eventually lacrosse over football in college Mm -hmm. and uh, a semi-pro football team was, was, uh, had started up in my hometown that was actually really good. Like top two or three in the country, uh, of all all places, you know, it's crazy. But, um, and so I was doing all these activities just to kind of to keep my mental health intact. And then uh, my best friend, he grew up just across the highway in Aromas from the ranch. And his cousin, and his cousin, who was also a friend of mine, went went to high school with the Castro family. And I guess he had previously gotten the talk from his doctor like, if you don't start losing weight, you're not going to live to see your kids grow old. And you need to like serious
0: conversation.
1: Really serious. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he had started CrossFit, lost close to 100 pounds. Wow. And immediately turned to my best friend and was like, yo, I think you would like this. This is a pretty, pretty neat fitness methodology there's a little bit of competitiveness to it which i think taps into your athletic background and then he turned around and told me and it's like hey i'm gonna start i've been doing this for a little bit i think you should try it i think you'd love it too it'd be fun for us to do it together and so i went out to the ranch in aromas one day and i want to say it was either early 2009 late 2008 um maybe maybe a little bit further in 2009 and um and i just walked up to this what was this shed next to the side of a hill <laughs> it was this big like looked like a, a warehouse shed and i see these people running up and down the hill coming back down the hill doing pull-ups and stuff like that these weird pull-ups i'd never seen and dave Castro's older brother introduced himself to me and he, he was like you interested in trying crossfit and i'm like yeah and he goes you you're his friend and he pointed to my buddy craig i'm like yeah he's like uh, you know, you know, Jerry, who's my buddy's cousin, he's like, Yeah, well, come on in. You're more than welcome. Like, give it a try. Did one workout, literally collapsed out of the rower, forgot to unstrap <laughs> myself like in a heap. Um, he hosed me off to like get me out of my stupor and handed me a beer and was like, You're a CrossFitter now. I was like, You're right. I am. And he didn't run away. Look at that. He no, stayed no. and he
0: stuck around.
1: I you know, there's something uh I'm, I'm equal parts stubborn and competitive. So like, and that first workout I ever did, I remember it finished. Um, actually remember, uh, there was a, um, there was a little bit of a, but we warmed up by running the hill that the athletes ran in Aromas this last year. Ugh. And <laughs> I, ran it, I ran it almost every day for about a, a full calendar year as my warm up. So uh, I got pretty good at hill running, but Damn. then it was, it was 10 rounds of, um, it was ten rounds of five shoulder to overhead, at ninety five, five burpee box jumps, and then you cashed out with a seven fifty row. And I remember my, my my best friend and I got to the row at the same time, and we oh, sat down and we kind of looked at each other, and it was like Fast and the Furious, you know, like, you know, you ready? Oh to yeah. And we both just emptied the tank, and I think we almost finished at an identical time, and. Th- in that like last hundred meters, I was like, "This is that that juice that I was looking for," and yeah, um, and I was I was hooked ever since. So I
0: mean, you made a transition then. So I mean, so you're there. You're you're working out at like Mecca, essentially, right?
1: <laughs> and I didn't do that time.
0: And then you end up deciding to just stay in it. You you don't work out at the. Uh, at the ranch anymore
1: right no 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 every once in a while i'll head out there for a week a weekend workout with some of mm-hmm. the crew and i still stay in touch with a lot of people that i started crossfit with so mm-hmm. um the um and then you know this kind of ties into it too but the i ran i ran an affiliate for a couple years opened up an affiliate in my hometown of salinas mm-hmm. and uh that affiliate has since changed hands when i went to hq to work for the media team and so that affiliate has stayed um you know, kept going. And so I stay in touch with everyone that's involved there. And um, but yeah, I, I did that for about a year. And about a year in, they, I I was approached by Dave's older brother saying, Hey, I could use some help with some of the training around the gym. Like, would you be interested in getting your level one? And like, naturally, like, I'm just a big nerd about things. I like studying things. I learn the history of stuff. And um, which kind of, you know, helped out my, my media career, I guess. But I wanted to do that for CrossFit too, because I was just finding an interest in like, what is it that's so fascinating about this thing for me? So I learned, started to learn the technique and I wanted to get better at the sport. So I started studying it and uh, he goes, hey, would you ever be interested in being a trainer and help me out, you know, after work and all those things. And, you know, it was pretty appealing. So I went and got my level one. I did it at the, the Ranger Station in Yosemite, which is a pretty awesome like spot we, we we did the level one looking at angel falls and it was like unreal i died in all the workouts because we we're at elevation but it was <laughs> totally worth it and uh pat sherwood who you know now a friend and co-colleague of mine is uh was my level one instructor and the same thing back. sean
0: said it's the same yeah thing it's, sean said. yeah, yeah
1: it's kind of crazy and we uh i got back and i was starting to become a little bit disillusioned with this with my the role that I was in at work
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, some issues that I had and some things that were not really going the way that I wanted and, and some bigger problems that were kind of starting to present itself. So I was you at of, that time? what how old you at that time? 20, 24.
0: Okay.
1: I was about to turn 24. I was 23 at the time. Okay. And so at that time I decided, you know what, like, I think this is the night, a good time to step away from this and I was becoming more and more invested in CrossFit and Mm. training people and I saw the impact that we were having on people in that way. And there was kind of like this common thread of like helping other people. And I started to see this growing issue in my community of like health and fitness from like a chronic disease type thing. Mm. And I was like, here's another way to help people as well and do something that I'm a little bit more engaged in right now. So I'll take a break, maybe I'll go back to it, maybe go back to school, we'll see. And the opportunity presented at the same time to open up the affiliate in Salinas. So it was a perfect time to jump mm-hmm. and go for it. So right, right around my 24th birthday, we opened up CrossFit Salinas Valley. And that was, so I was running that affiliate with, uh, it was myself and, and and Dave's older brother, Kenny. And we did that for two years. And during that time, you know, being in that area close to the ranch, people from HQ and and the games are always kind of passing through. So I got to talk shop with people and rub elbows with people and I was very fortunate. And then um, that eventually led to me, I guess, apparently impressing enough people with my knowledge of the sport and the methodology at the time to have an opportunity to help out the media team, just as like a production assistant uh, type role.
0: So you, I mean, you worked as a production assistant, you worked as a producer, you worked as a studio manager with the CrossFit media team um, camera on, on-air camera talent analyst as well. I mean, you had so many roles there. And your career stint was five years? Is that right? Uh,
1: I, I started working for CrossFit in, for regionals in t- 2011. Okay. I was hired full-time in June of 2012. And then I, I, we were all let go. And I was October 15th, 2018. So you so, didn't have
0: to do that stint that Sean had to do, though, where he had to stay on after...
1: No, so you yeah, got,
0: you guys got let go essentially overnight.
1: Yeah, so yeah, we we uh, I actually finished my my work early. <laughs> because there was a couple things that I wanted to go do. Like that time of year is like pretty dead for us. Mm-hmm. We're usually working on post shows, and then and then it's some downtime for some of the, like the on air talent. Mm-hmm. And I was helping like catalog and and do some produce uh, production of the behind the scenes mm-hmm. elements mm-hmm. of the show and. I'm helping pick it out, pick out like highlights and stuff like that. And um, I got it done quickly because I was like, I want to go do the, a couple other wow. things, um, some fun extracurricular things. And um, that ended up being my, my death sentence for getting cut early uh, because when we all got called into HR at, on our, that Monday, October 15th, I was led, I was given a termination date like immediately, whereas everyone else had December 1st. And, you know, we're stayed, stayed on for a little bit longer.
0: How is that transition like now going from working in an environment where you knew like the head honcho wasn't about it? Mm. And now transitioning into a place where the CEO is now fully backing you guys. I mean, you you're now back on you're not full time yet. Right. With the oh. Hamilton Productions, but you are doing some more on air talent stuff. Which has been awesome to see you and Sean both doing that. And uh, yeah. how has it been transitioning back into HQ and like working with them again?
1: You know, it's been interesting. I <laughs> I won't lie that um, that I will say that there is some um, when I first walked into the to the office for the first time. I came up with a side of the stairs stairwell that had all of our lockers on there. And all of our lockers were still the same. And my like my locker with my nameplate was still there. Um, and that kind of stung a little bit, you know. Uh a weird just, one. just seeing that. Yeah, just to walk up and see that. Um, and there was early on the first week or so, there was like this. Um, I don't know if it's like PTSD, I guess, or for, I don't want to characterize it in that se- severe terms, but I always felt like I was just kind of like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like I shouldn't be there. Mm. Um, That's what
0: Sean said too, actually. He said like pretty much the exact same thing where he was like, uh, everyone was like, when's the carpet getting pulled out from under us?
1: Yeah. So I, it was, yeah, it was very weird at first. And then over, t- over time and as I started going a little bit more, it started to normalize and the kind of the ghosts of the, the last experience that i had leaving that office which was a pretty poor taste in my mouth started to kind of rinse away and 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 now it feels a little bit more normalized just walking in and you know it's it's still different you know mm-hmm. because it's not my primary place of employment and mm-hmm. um you know there's a lot of other things on my plate that i have to you know i have to balance and triage accordingly and Um, but it's starting to feel like, and this is, this was kind of the biggest factor in getting to like have a sense of normalcy and going back there and working in that capacity again Mm -hmm. is one, getting to work with people I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting to work with a a lot of the same people that I, we cut our teeth with and that we help that we work together with to help build the CrossFit media space, Mm -hmm. you know, for seven ish years. And so that that's important right because that was what truly what made working there magical is that we had a common goal internally in our team with a lot of people that we genuinely cared about and when you're working on something that you care about with people that you care about the product you know hopefully shines through in that regard as well and so getting to do that early on working with some of my some of my good friends was important and then and then slowly starting to see that finished product and the response from the community again is also another thing that kind of helped the wound heal a little bit, if you will.
0: I mean, I guess on a lighter note, we can talk about the podcast now because you guys pivoted better than I would say like most people in your situation would. You guys, I mean, I take you, guys that. <laughs> you guys have, you guys have put together, I mean, my, one of my favorite podcasts, but also I just such a good quality like product that, I mean, you guys will won't be forgotten in that space, and I know I've listened to your guys' podcast about it a lot. And the original, like the way it started, can you guys can you kind of describe to me the way it started for you?
1: Sure. Uh, honestly, the roots of our po- of our podcast started for me back in 2013. Uh, there was it was kind of the first time that I had been exposed to podcasts, mm-hmm. and I can't remember what episode it was exactly, but I remember hearing an episode of a podcast that someone had sent me. And I wasn't really sure about it. And they were like, yeah, it's kind of like, it's almost like a radio station, but it lives on the internet instead of the radio. And, you know, it's just like evergreen. You can listen to it whenever you want and it doesn't expire. And it's kind of cool. It's like a little bit longer form. And I was kind of like listening to that and like starting to get a feel for what like the podcast scene is about. And then um, what really kind of tipped me off to it is that we used to have these amazing production meetings where before we would go film an update show, or after an update show, or when we're brainstorming ideas for the next section of coverage for the season and other things like that, we would have these awesome, just open form, long form discussions where everybody on the team could throw out ideas, we could talk through things, throw out stats, what we thought was um, significant. And the nice part about our team is that everyone had a say, everyone had a voice there. And, you know, even the, the bottom people on the totem pole, the production assistants were encouraged to pitch ideas and storylines to, to, and become more educated in the sport. And I just love them. And I'm like, man, I wish we could bottle this up and present it to the world so people could really see what's kind of ticking, you know, behind this media curtain, as well as like, what is what the thought and, and the, the detail that goes into these really condensed six to eight minute videos that we have to put in. Mm -hmm. And because so much more goes into it, you know,
0: hours and hours and hours of conversation and brainstorming and
1: and so much gets cut uh, left on the cutting room floor. And so I was, I went to our superior at the time, our boss, and I was like, Hey, um, I think we should do this. This is kind of a cool idea. And they're just like, meh, nah. And just kind of like, shoo, shoo. Uh,
0: think about what that could have been. Wow. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. It would have been cool. Like, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's better late than never. Right. Yeah. Uh, and again, in 2017, 2016, few years later. So uh, our then media, our media, our media chief had, had kind of changed hands and there was kind of a realignment of, of I guess, of power and, in, in our, 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 uh, our flow chart of our org chart. And I thought the idea, I was like, Hey, I I would love to do this again, you know? And at times it was almost better to ask for forgiveness than permission. And I made the mistake of asking for permission a second time and I was told no. And then someone else, and and I was also told no in lieu of someone else. So someone else started a podcast at the same time, um, Sevon started one that he had that ran for a little while. And it was a little bit different than what I had envisioned for it. He had his own vision for it, but he got to wear the kind of CrossFit mantle for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just kind of like kind of tucked that back away. And I was like, one of these days, I want to do a podcast for this space, for the sport, for the community, for a little bit of pop culture, stuff like that. You know, weave a little bit of personality into it because I think there's so much more that we can offer. And when we got let go, um, I was kind of sitting there thinking like, what's the easiest way to provide a high quality product that will have, that will allow us to stay in the game, in the conversation. And not just that. Uh, and I don't want to sound like self-important or anything like that, but I felt like there was a need that if all of us just went our separate ways, there would be, there would be a, a, a vacuum uh, in terms of the, the high quality media being put out in the CrossFit space that in the long term would not, would only hurt this, the sport. Definitely. So, if, so if like, you know, Marston Heber, myself, Rory, Sean, a bunch of us decided just to walk away or not stay in that same vein and find other avenues within the sport. Like the, the, I guess the there's something to like the familiar faces that people like, like, and have grown accustomed to, mm-hmm. but also the people that kind of help build the space that, you know, need to be around to make sure this thing you know keeps its heartbeat. Uh, if, if not for anything more, just to give it CPR every or give it the paddles every once in a while to give it a jolt if it needs it, if we're not going to be the torchbearers. And so um, I had six, basically six weeks to kind of sit and stew on it while Sean was still working. And finally, I'm just like, yeah, we got to do a podcast. I think this is the way. And um, Sean, was, Sean was a little hesitant at first because he was he was going through the same kind of grieving process that I was of like, do I want to stay in this thing? Do I want to do it? And, uh, you know, eventually he's just like, yeah, yeah, this would be cool. I'm like, this is a great way for us to stay involved, do something we still love and and produce it how we want with our control. And, you know,
0: no executive producer standing over you guys telling you what you can and can't talk about literally yeah. nobody telling you anything.
1: And, and so, you know, if it fails, it's on us. But if it succeeds, it's on us, too, mm-hmm. which is cool and you know so we started doing that we started preparing it and it took us about a month to get that off the ground and in early january we recorded a a couple of episodes of Wadapalooza preview for that for that year also uh, our first episode was state of the crossfit games which is basically us just like airing out all of our grievances which which was you know it, it was what it was um it was a little bit of a therapy session for us but that's the one you
0: guys uh, never. Is that the one you guys never dropped? Is that the very so very first one? <laughs> there,
1: there was a version one that we never dropped. Maybe even a version one and a half, and then the next full version we ended up dropping. But, yeah, but
0: is, certain so. things just couldn't be said out loud. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you get you get the initial knee jerk reaction out a little bit, and then then cooler heads prevail.
0: Now you go through the recording, you are like, ah, uh, maybe we shouldn't say all of this.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Well, I mean, you guys have built. Um, not only a product, but you guys have now built a community around it. I mean, through your guys' Patreon, through your guys' YouTube, through your guys' Instagrams. I mean, the amount of comments you guys are getting. I I mean, I know that on the Patreon alone, I mean, there's, at times there's hundreds of people like listening in on your Monye's Q&A's, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, what do you, what do you have to say about the community that you've built now? Because it is a community that's surrounded by CrossFit, but it's your own community as well.
1: Well, I, I mean, first off, I mean, they're everything, right? Like, uh, we wouldn't. They are the foundation that everything that we've been able to manage to build so far is, is sits on and rests on. Um, you know, if <laughs> you know, it's uh, if no one wanted to support us and no one wanted to tune in, it just be we just be a couple of you know old men yelling at clouds <laughs> and,
0: and yelling into the void.
1: Yeah, exactly, and and so it's like in one thing it's incredibly emboldening like that people still wanted to support us and it's a it's a it's a reaffirmation that like, and you know this is it's a little bit selfish but like at the same time like that's really like all you can ask for as a content creator is like to know that what you make matters right to someone somewhere and to see the response from the community and have them prop us up and do so in a way that has allowed us to to you know be successful and support our fam- support and feed our families and and stay in this space and hopefully in return provide something that's better each time and, and, and improves and constantly provides a service for them like that's a symbiotic relationship that we were fortunate enough to be in before when we were at HQ had to search a little bit to find once again and then you know just kind of really it just Really kind of pumps your tires up, you know. Like it kind of lifts your spirit for for the long term when you can sit there and think that, like, you know, I get to do this for a living. I really enjoy it. It makes me happy, and it makes other people happy. So, um, yeah, like our community is awesome. I like our 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 Q A's are like what I look forward to the most. Um, I'm really excited to hopefully start going to events in person so we can do some community gatherings for our patrons and people that support us. You know, like. The, the 2019 games was, was a real turning point for us. You know, it was our first six months off the ground and we took a chance doing the road trip and RV and last minute printed some shirts and like the support of seeing all, everyone want to buy our shirts and actually wear our merchandise and like walking around the Alliance Energy Center with our shirts on, it was just kind of like surreal. And um, you know, it's just like heartwarming to that, that people care, they care about what we do and you know, we always try to reiterate that we care about them too. And that's what is important for us in our media. And hopefully it shows in that.
0: Oh, I think it definitely shows you guys put a lot of effort. I mean, as a patron myself, uh, you guys definitely, you guys put in like a lot of effort in on the receiving side of it. It's like a highlight of my week. You know what I mean? So I hope you know that, especially, especially during this last year. I mean, we just went through one of the toughest years of 2020 where, maybe a lot of the goals you guys had weren't able to come to fruition right the goals for the podcast to be out in public to be a part of those communities um but i mean you guys have built an online community that i feel like is very far reaching um i mean i'm down here in san diego i know people um from like so many different gyms that are listening to you guys you know yeah. whether they're patreons or whether they're just listening to you guys on spotify i know countless people that are listening to you guys. And even at my box, all of us are like constantly bringing up stuff to like, Hey, do you guys hear about talking uh, talkingly fitness? And, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I really appreciate it, but I just want to say thank you for that. You know, I hope you know that. And uh, I think it's, it's great to hear that from an outside source, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I certainly appreciate the support, man. We're trying to, hopefully um, we're getting, we're kind of trying to get our ducks in a row to off offer better and more stuff, you know, going forward. Mm-hmm so much is still up in the air with, with, you know, what the world will look like, but hopefully like continue to, to improve because, you know, it's like, we, we want our media to be a reflection of how our community makes us feel. Their support Mm -hmm. makes us feel, and it makes us feel freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we got to make sure that that is being reciprocated. And so, I mean, in that show, that's really what our goal is. So, you know, fingers crossed, we'll get to get out there and, you know, get together as a community again and get to do some of that stuff that we had hopefully planned.
0: Well, Tommy, uh, I just want to say, thank you, man. Um, This has been like a great podcast. I'm really trying to keep it a little bit shorter for myself and trying to build myself, my own little audience. So I know that short snippets is really going to be where I can be successful, but I just wanted to say thank you. And is there any Instagrams or anything like that you want to put out there?
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, our, our, our podcast is at Talking Elite Fitness. Um, Sean's Instagram is at S Woodland 53. Mine is at Tommy Marquez. Um, you can catch all of our media and any, all of our happenings through that pretty much. Um, yeah, That the, our, our link in our bio has everything, whether it's discounts from all of our uh sponsors to our youtube channel patreon all that good stuff so um and honestly thank you man for supporting and for the opportunity and if there's any ever any way we can help help you out just yeah, don't hesitate to reach out
0: awesome thanks tommy well everybody i hope you guys enjoyed i'll make sure i drop all the links in the bio um but hope you guys have a great day